Good evening, Gabby, and welcome back, everyone. Absolutely, to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's The Curran View, with the Idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. You said it wouldn't be long, and it won't. It wasn't very long to the summer flu. Um, did you go on your holidays? What What have you been doing since I've we've not been uh, been any, been relapsed? I've not been anywhere, but we, we, we jammed in like year, so yeah. that's all difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you can stay country up and down, but the weather's not been particularly good. But she's going away anyway next month, so... So she'll enjoy that. Lovely. And you're right, the weather has been up and down, but it's been more down than up, hasn't it? June was very nice, but July would have been absolutely awful. I wish this global well, warming had in Birmingham. But I tell you what, this global warming is getting me down. <laughs> it is. It's ever so wet, this global warming is, isn't it? <laughs> it has stopped raining in Birmingham now. I think we're going to get three days of summer again. Very rare. What have you sourced for us to in our magic moments? There's been a load, and we've only just Should I nick off. your magic moment? You, you, know? you can nick, because I've got loads of you, man. You can nick anything you like. No, I, by the way, what a goal. What an unbelievable goal. But I'm going for the... Uh, I mean, I, got, I, I look beyond uh, our critics in this country uh, yeah. about bad defending. That's for a manager to see what... Uh, to see who's causing that type of problem when goals get scored against you. But I'm going for the Ipswich goal... Uh, Mumbamba, absolutely. Went down past two or three players, or three or four players, drops his shoulder, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way, and then slides it into an empty net. Absolutely brilliant goal. Bally Mumba. Yes, Bally Mumba. He plays for Plymouth, don't he? Yes, that's what I said. Plymouth. I'm sorry, I thought you said Ipswich. I must have no, missed. No, Plymouth. Yeah, yeah, Plymouth. Versus Did I Huddersfield. Say, I, say, I don't know, but I, I bet he just played for, against Huddersfield, I said. Yeah, it was a great, uh, what a goal. Again, when I posted up, people going, terrible defending, terrible. And yeah, OK, it was. Yeah, but, but... I, I, did, I did that, you know, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I did go because that's the first thing people turn around. And, yeah. and, and as it happens, about five or six turn around. No, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but when you get the ball, you know you've done How it. How can you stop it? Exactly. And when, you... when somebody's at full, pay, full pelt and he drops that shot, the only way you can do that, is, is bring him down. And what happens when you bring people down? Exactly. And this you know. is this is what we want to see. We want to see positive play. We want to see players get the ball. I think you referenced that goal last night um, from Swansea. I mean, oh, no. what yeah, a absolutely. blinding goal that was. But there's been quite a bit. I mean, I haven't put his name down. I don't think I've got bits and pieces all over my magic, mate. I started in with fact, Messi's you, free when... kick. In fact, when you wrote on after that um, Charity Shield game, yeah, we're going to be in for a bad thing. And I thought, I think to myself, Gabby, have you seen some of these goals on Saturday? I I was working see, on Saturday, so I didn't see much. The char- Charity Shield, I got home from work and I sat there and I thought, what a pile of tripe that is. And then I've been sort of looking through. Um, they say that Swansea player last night, uh, it was a late one because I'd already written everything down. But, I mean, what a bit of skill and a brilliant strike. But Lionel Messi's free kick, 4-4 against oh. Dallas. What a goal. I mean, what a revelation. I mean, he has been a revelation out there, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't he? Absolutely. He's worth it. Every penny Apple are paying him. Yeah, yeah, without a question of a doubt. And the, I mean, who wouldn't take to him? But, the, you know, um, the Americans have taken to him. And he, he's produced some... Magic. You can go on. You can go on. Some of the players are past the best out there, 
But don't forget, he's 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, the guy's just an unbelievable, unbelievable player. And and it's mad, really, because when he was at Paris Saint-Germain, OK, he's playing in Ligue 1 in France, but that ain't the greatest level. He, he didn't seem to be comfortable in that shirt, did he, with his teammates? You didn't see Messi laugh. You see Messi laugh a lot since he's joined into Miami. And, Who's the and main got... man? Who's the main man into Miami? Well, Messi. Messi. Mm, Messi. He, so he goes to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. You know... Yeah. You've got to play. Choose how good you are as a player. Yeah. You've got to play as a team. Yeah, absolutely. You have to do that because the team, if you play as a team, you win trophies. Yeah. You couldn't ask for a, a better forward line than what Paris Saint-Germain have. Yep. Which is uh, Mbappe, Neymar uh, and Messi. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, all three of them want to take free kicks. Yep. Want to take corners. Yep. Want to score goals. Mm-hmm. Want to be the main man. Yep. That's why you can't have that. Yep. Unless you've got the three what really, really, really uh, want to play with each other and not, not. I'm not saying they're jealous. There's got to be a better word than that. You know, they want to outdo each other. You can't have yeah. it. You've got to have a team balance. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened to him. I mean, and you're 100% right. And I agree with oh, hardly what you just said there. He's playing with a smile on his face. And it is great to see. I mean, because oh. he scored four goals already. And and I tell you what I loved as well, the embrace at the end. And I, I did post up a few magic moments from this boy. I'd not heard of him before. But he's born in Buen- uh, Buenos Aires. Only a young kid, Alan Velasco. And yeah. he plays for Dallas. He looks one hell of a player as well. And that's what I love with football. I love to watch moments of skill. Leicester just took the lead here, Nacho, Nacho, by the way. Uh, nice little back heel goal. I love to watch bits of skill from players. Then I watch the player again. I think, hello, I didn't know about him. Uh, Hulk's goal. Did you see Hulk's goal for Atletico uh, Monario in Brazil? Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> when would you say that? 35, 40 yards. Left would you know, strike. I was nearly going to post up. Gabby, what was you on about? <laughs> if this is to go by. <laughs> <laughs> what a goal. Because there has been some unbelievable goals, hasn't there? Ah, oh, phenomenal. And then there was Shane Lavery for Blackpool, which I've got to say was my favourite goal of the weekend because of what he'd done when the goalkeeper come out. He's just lifted, scooped the ball up, and it's gone. And I thought, the levels of skill for that. I mean, Messi's goal, brilliant. Uh, Alt's goal, brilliant. Uh, Mumba's goal, fantastic. But I thought Lavery's goal just added that little bit more skill to it and um, so that is my ultimate magic moment but my word we have been spoiled and we've only been playing a few days and the the charity shield is a long and distant horrible memory from me thankfully yeah yeah well you know you know sometimes the charity shield can produce it you know that yeah you know um, I don't want it to get injured before the you know Beginning of the season because both teams need to make a good start, don't you? Yeah, well, they do. Man City, not as much as Arsenal, because mm. Man City are capable. They're always going to have that massive strength in depth, which you'll see them uh, for all the four competitions again. Uh, next, well, this coming season. 
Absolutely. And there is speculation, as we were talking now, it's watching the Leicester game. I just said that uh, Inacho's just scored seven minutes and 39 seconds played at that game. Uh, Paqueta might be joining Manchester City. That looks as though that'd be a fabulous signing if, if Pep can get that one over the line. I'm a big fan of that kid. Well, you know as well as I do, Pep will get it over the line. Mm. He'll, get it, he'll get it over the line, make no mistake on that. Very, very misses out on anything. Absolutely, and if memory serves me right, Silk was one of the agents behind the initial transfer, taking Paqueta to West Ham United. And again, kids, don't believe everything that you read because you'll see all these figures uh, touted around and mooted on these uh, news channels, etc., etc., and uh, most of them are vastly overinflated. I think they take into consideration absolutely everything. And, and when I say everything, I think it means winning the Champions League three seasons on the trot. It's crazy what they put into a transfer fee these days. So, well, it, 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 I mean, no respect to Declan Rice. 100, 100 million for Declan, Declan Rice. Do Never I think he'll make the difference to Arsenal? No. no. Do I think he's a good signing for Arsenal? Yes. But it'll not make the, big, it'll not make the difference mm. uh, to Arsenal. I guarantee you that. I've never been a fan of Declan Rice, and we've covered that many times on the podcast. Um, he, he just doesn't—he just doesn't do it for me. I think he's the most overrated player that I've ever seen kick a football, and and I think you're right too. You know, he's a good player, and you know, good for Arsenal to get that kind of quality of player in. But no way do I think he'll make that difference between them being runners up to uh, league champions. Um, nah, nah, not for me. I'd have preferred Paqueta. I think he's an absolute quality player. Without a question of a doubt. He's my kind of player. Um, Egg Chaser signs for Birmingham City. I looked at that and I thought, blimey, Brady's back. And uh, th- Well, it will be 30 years next year when we had the first inside story, the manager wrestlers, a Burnley documentary coming out, uh, I believe, Friday, three-parter, following on from Arsenal, following on from Sunderland, following on from everybody else, Tottenham. They all seem to be doing these documentaries. Newcastle had that to it. Yeah, absolutely. Birmingham City were the first. And uh, that was a great documentary. Uh, I love that taxi driver, by the way. I don't know where he went. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, Egg Chaser. I couldn't believe it. Tom Brady. I mean, what's he doing buying minority shares at Birmingham City? I mean, he don't know nothing about football. He's an well, NFL you don't, player. You don't, have to, you don't have to know anything about football mm. to earn money. No, absolutely. And they so, keep telling me about football. There's no money in football. Mm. So why do these people um, invest in these companies? I mean, according to Farb, he's supposed to have lost, lost a lot of money with that uh, uh FBX is it? FBX in America. I don't know. Uh, he invested a lot of money in that, you know, that uh, de- Democrat, second guy's Democratic donor. Oh right, uh, okay. Um, Sam Bankman Free. Oh, okay. Uh, and he lost a lot of money. He, he did. And when I saw it, I, I thought to myself, "And well, what about the ones at Leeds United?" It's yeah, incredible. 49ers, they, Washington they, 49ers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 these are you know mm-hmm. a bit American superstar. Uh, Football players, their football, not our football, as they yeah, call yeah. our soccer out there, but their football. Mm. We, I mean, well, we got we call it football here. Yeah. I mean, I look at it as a rugby match more than anything else. But um, when 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 you look at it, what's happening? And everything yeah. I said, 
has turned out right. Mm-hmm. I, they all, all this coaching and they're all moaning and groaning about me trying to put up, uh, put across constructive criticism, yeah. and it would all backfire on them. Yeah. It has all backfired on them. Absolutely, and I can't get excited. I'm looking at all the socials and a lot of my blues mates, etc. They're all getting absolutely carried away. Tom Brady, the greatest superstar on the planet, uh, is now in at uh, Birmingham City. He's a natural-born winner. And I'm like, for the life of me, I can't get excited. What does he know about football? What's he going to do? What's his role? We've had this fella at Chelsea, uh, Todd Bowley, gone and spent absolutely lashings of amounts of money at Chelsea. Made them worse. So it doesn't well, it, necessarily mean it it's going to be good. He did, but it doesn't mean that he can't turn it round. A hundred percent. What what I what I what I can understand is when you're going to spend when you're going to spend that kind of money, mm-hmm. get the elite managers. Yeah. I do like the kid what took over Chelsea. I do like him. Yeah. The problem is, but I always put across to everyone is, can he handle the big name players? Well, he didn't do that very well at Paris Saint-Germain. He did it Man. shocking. Didn't he? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not about, I'm not about Pochettino. Oh, I'm, on about, uh, I'm on about the kid from Brian. What's his name? Come on. Oh, when Potter went in there. Yeah, Potter. absolutely. Yeah. You said Potter. straight away from the get-go, yeah. it's how he, how he handles the big elite players. And you were right. You know, I don't. You know, I, it's not about being right with me. It's what I, I watch it and I analyse it. But you it's know, your like experience. Like, you know, all you. those goals what you put on this weekend. Mm. You know, of course you can pick. Course you can pick a fault with any goal. Majority of goals are mistakes. Exactly. The problem is, is for a good elite manager or a good manager to say, right, Gabby is the one what's causing us a problem here. Yeah. But if I keep liking Gabby, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I keep playing him when, when. Uh, Tom Curran is a better player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because don't forget, football is is, is a game of two things: yeah. scoring goals yeah. and conceding less. Yeah. Think about a game of two halves, mm. as everybody turns around. It's about scoring goals mm. and defending. Yeah. Defending when you haven't got the ball. Who can sort it out? Who can organise it? And if you don't get that right, Leeds United are getting beat one nil. Blimey. They've got something wrong recently. They're getting something wrong again tonight. I mean, they yeah. did get the, uh, the draw wrong. in the last minute. I what they get wrong. Not appointing an elite manager because it's a elite club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. Listen, Leeds United, even when Bielsa were there, and I like Bielsa, as you know, what yeah. did I tell you? They haven't got a goal scorer. No, absolutely, 100%. If you ain't got a goal scorer, you're going to struggle at any level of football. Um, there was a lot of talk about him going into Tom Brady, this is, going into the Blues dressing room and giving a team talk before kick-off. And I looked in and I thought, I've never heard anything so embarrassing in my life. If you're playing there, I mean, you're playing at a better level than, than at Birmingham City, but, you know, you're, you're playing, you're ready to, 30 minutes to kick-off. This fella who you may recognise, you may not, I didn't know who the fella was. I'd heard of his name, but I wouldn't be able to pick him up in an identity parade. I didn't know well, I didn't know who he was, Tom Brady. But he's well, an NFL star. Now, if he comes and gives you a team talk as a football player, I'm guessing you are closing your ears because there's nothing he can say to you uh, in a team talk going into a game of football, in my opinion. What's your well, take? Well, the two, the two things on that. Mm-hmm. What you were saying there uh, about not recognising him, 
I would have recognised him if it if it weren't if he hadn't lost a lot of money in that yeah. um, um, cryptocurrency. But there's more to there's more to that than meets the eye. Sure. Now the other good thing the, the other thing is I can remember Laurie McMenemy uh, inviting um, Bill Shanklin to our dressing room at, uh, when we were when I played for Southampton against Everton. Mm. And really, I know I know it's a different ball game, but the the world sports now. Is renowned for, for for all these young lads. What's into sports? The, the majority of them will know who that rugby player is or American yeah. football player is. A majority of them will. I will, I will guarantee you that. Yeah. And he he, he is this superstar uh, American football. So some of them may be excited about it. May think what he's got to say. He may go in that dressing room and he may turn around and talk about you know. Uh, nothing can stop you if you believe in it yeah. and if you work for it. So I get all that, mm. but I understand you. Mm. But but the football's changed. It, I mean, I didn't think it had, but it, it, it's changing and changing and changing for the better. No, not for me. Not really. No, no. not for me too. I think it's uh, it's changing a lot for the worse. Um, we must also. Um, Rest in peace, Trent Francis and Chris Bart Williams. Awful news uh, just leading up to the, the football season. Two, uh, sh- two Sheffield Wednesday players and um, Trevor, uh, clearly uh, a Birmingham City legend, uh, started his career off Wonder Boy, Superboy, uh, at the age of 16 and scoring four goals against Bolton Wonders in 1971. Uh, terrible losses. I mean, Trevor... You know, uh, sixty. What was Trevor? Sixty-seven, and Chris Park Williams. What was he? He was only about forty, thought, wasn't he? It's terrible. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight was he, Trev? Yeah. Yeah. He's my age. Or, yeah, just awful, isn't it, too? Yeah, it's it's. You know, it, we are getting old, and you know, we don't know things happen. Mm. But it's crazy that they don't give you really what's happened to to to, to him, really. Mm. Um, but it's a very sad day. You know, um, for him passing, it's such a young age in a sense. When yeah. he when he looked for it, I mean, I knew Trevor, mm. I knew him quite well, really. And it, you know, it's it, it, it was really down when he's when he when he lost his wife, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he was just turning himself back round, and mm. he got himself another partner, and which which I would I found strange because like he was mad in love with his wife Helen. Yeah. So. But and, and, and Chris Bart Williams, what, forty nine, fifty? He was, yeah, he, he was, um, he was. I, I thought he was more forty, but I mean, he may well have been uh, for forty plus, touching fifty. Um, but again, young, young kid, terrible, far too young to die. Yeah, without a question of a doubt. Mm. Yeah, very, very. See the problem. Sad. With, the problem with all that, Gabby. Yeah. Is. Um, there's, there's been a lot of deaths and they're not being reported on Rob there. No, absolutely. We don't know what's going on, but uh, we do know when, when they pass away and it's very, very sad. And, and I love the picture that you posted up about Trevor on the day of his passing. A uh, lovely picture of you and Trevor at, at Hillsborough. Yeah. Um, I used to see about twice every three, five months, you know, that type of thing. At Do's. Mm. Um, I was there that day. uh, I mean, Alan Wilkinson, but I mean, Alan Wilkinson gets to a lot of Sheffield Wednesday games, like, you know, but it was nice to see Trevor and and have a good chat with him and see that he was getting 
you know, getting himself back uh, mentally well again because, like you say, he'd lost a lot of... Um, he was down when he lost Ellen, his wife. He yeah. was really, really down. And he just he started to pick himself back up again, which which were good to see, to be honest. Yeah, terrible. So rest in peace to uh, Chris Bart Williams and Trevor Francis. Book Corner Tea in association with uh, myfootballbooks.com. And he always gives us a recommendation. And uh, this week, it's The Man Who Kept the Red Flag Flying by Wayne Barton. And on this day, which was yesterday, uh, the 8th of... August 1910. Jimmy Murphy, Jimmy Murphy was born. He literally was the man that kept the red flag flying after Munich and also manager of Wales. And because he was manager of Wales, that's why he didn't travel to Munich with the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, always been always been right uh, right up there with uh, Sir Matt Busby, especially as his right-hand man. Yeah. And he was part of that great building of the, Bez- of the Busby Babes. He, he certainly was, and what a what a team they were, weren't they? Again, another group of kids cut down in their prime and, and died far too young, but there are many, many books uh, out there, guys, regarding the Busby Babes and individual babes as well, but this one, The Man Who Kept the Red Flag Flying by Wayne Barton, and it's the story of the great... Jimmy Murphy. Uh, one in a million, as we're talking about Trevor. Uh, Trevor Francis' autobiography with Keith Dixon. So that's another book that was written a couple of years ago. And um, I picked it out as a poignant moment with um, with the passing of the great man. What's the greatest memory that you have of Trevor in a well, football not, sense? It, it, it isn't, football it isn't sense. the... It isn't the um... Uh, the European Cup where they met in the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and Trevor got that reputation as much as Glenn Oddle, that he didn't pull all out pull out all the uh, tricks for England. Mm. But playing him in the wrong position, I mean, Trevor always wanted to play through the middle. Yeah. And, the, you know, he, he would always fight in that with, with England and, and, and with, with, with Notts Forest. The biggest... Uh, moment I looked at Trevor as a 16-year-old scoring four goals. Mm. You know, because whatever you say about our league, whether it's good, technically good or, or or not, it was one of the most physical leagues you would ever play in. Yes. Brutal. And he was, you know, he was he was playing at that time and there was no mercy whether it was 16 or, or, or 20, uh, 29 or 26, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, to, so to score four goals in a game at a young age, is remarkable. Absolutely. Do you know who marked him on his St Andrews debut? It was a St Andrews scoring debut in 1971. But do you know what player marked him? Ron Atkinson. Yeah, he's big Ron. <laughs> Ron, Ron would say Not to bad, me. Not bad, is it? Yeah, Ron, Ron would say to me, oh, you say to Trevor, I, I never give you a kick. He said, and Trevor says, well, <laughs> I scored as well. Maybe one, I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, Trevor Francis. And when he made his debut for England, my cousin was working as a chef in the D Club and they made him a cake and they had a number of Subutio, uh, Birmingham, Birmingham City, in a Birmingham City kit. Um, them may have been, I don't know, up to a dozen, maybe not that many. But I got one of the Blues players off that cake that they baked for Trevor to mark his uh, international debut against Holland. 1977, I think it was. 
I think it was Jan Peters that scored two goals at Wembley that night. England went down 2-0. I remember it um, vaguely now. Again, it's so many years ago. But, yeah, lovely, lovely memories there of Trevor Francis. And and the lovely, lovely memories of the Dutch team because, oh. you know, from that 1974 yeah. right through to 78, mm. that was a fabulous, you know, produced two fabulous football teams in the, the Dutch cultures. Absolutely. Johan played that night, but of course, uh, Johan didn't go to Argentina. Um, one, uh, one theory is that he'd retired and yeah. the other theory was these misses wouldn't let him. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the thing is, it, that could have been the difference between Holland winning Absolutely. and Argentina winning. Absolutely, and it, I mean, it was very close. Went to extra time, didn't it, the final, if memory serves me right? I think uh, it did, three, yeah. 3 1. Yeah. I think uh, Mario Kempes scored uh, two goals, and uh, the, the, Dutch, the Dutch Masters were fantastic in 1978. And I remember actually an unbelievable goal. Oh, it was. Uh, it was Do you remember that? Oh, it was fantastic. It, it danced. I think Scotland were already out, wasn't they? There was, yes. At that time. Um, but what a goal by Archie Gemmell. Again, the Scots, they go to these World Cup finals, like in 74. No, was it? No, it was 74. It was Willie Orman that took him at 74. And it was Ali's Army, wasn't it? We're going to the yeah, Argentine. Yeah. Do you remember that cup, that, that song that they'd done for the World Cup? Yeah. And then, We're on the march with Ali's Army. Absolutely. Didn't they draw nil-nil with Iran, something like that? They certainly got beat by um, Peru. Kubalas scored a couple yeah, of crackers. And then they go and beat Holland. Oh, it's crackers, isn't it? But again, that is football. But yeah, one in a million. Trevor Francis. The Autobiography with Keith Dixon. I met Trevor a couple of times. In fact, I says to Trevor, Trevor, any chance of doing an interview with me? And he says, well, I've, I've said everything really that I need to say. I, I've done it all. I says, Trevor, you've never been interviewed by me yet. And James, his son, looked at me and smiled. But uh, sadly, we never got to do that uh, Legends of the 70s interview with Trevor. So, um, yeah, God rest you. And thanks for the memories, Trevor. Also known in Birmingham as God. Uh, Gallus, I think that's how you pronounce it too, Scotland, England and the 1967 World Cup final by Michael McEwen. What a game that was. And your favourite Sheffield Wednesday player starred and scored in that game, of course. Uh, Jim McAllyog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to England and uh, did a number on us, didn't they? Not uh, after the first team to beat uh, England yeah. after the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. It would have to be Scotland, wouldn't it? Well, again, you could argue that Scotland and England very close in terms of ability, and perhaps if yeah. that World Cup would have been played at Amden Park, it might have been Scotland that run out winners of the uh, World Cup in 1966 because they had some players and none any better than uh, than Jim Baxter. Bobby Brown was the oh. uh, the manager at the time, and yeah. I remember. Talking to uh, Jim McCulliog, we'd done a Legends interview with Jim. I was talking to him, and and before the game, Jim was just bouncing the ball up and you know unsettling the the, the nerves of the boys. And uh, Jim Baxter's gone right. Come on, lads, let's get out there. And all Jim could hear is Bobby Brown going, "Best of luck, lads. Best of luck." <laughs> Jim Jim took over, and I think that was vital because they had a few young players uh, on show that day, and. Uh, 
<coughs> Jim McCallyogis, they scored a, a wonderful goal. But Look, they, were, they, they had some great players. The great they Dennis Lord and Dennis But Lord. they do always lift the game when they're playing England and all, don't they? Oh, 100%. And Jim Baxter done, he done a little bit of keepy-uppy on the English pitch, didn't he? I mean, yeah. who else would go to Wembley? Stick the chest out, get the ball against the world champions, flick it up a couple of times, back early. Come on, let's have a go, boys. But uh, yeah, the great Scotland team, led by the wonderful Jim Baxter. And uh, in this book, Gallus coming out shortly. So that'll be an interesting retweet. I shall be getting that into my. Um, into my library of football books. The new rules, how do you see these new rules panning out? 110 minutes of, 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 of time in a game of football rather than 90. They seem to be adding on 15 minutes, second half, and first half's usually it's going three, more four or five. More, it's going more and more like the American mm-hmm. way, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, stopping, for, stopping for adverts and all that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you know, they have... How, how, how people allowed the woke brigade yeah. to really take over? It, 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 well, they're going to lose, I guarantee you that. But it, it, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting fed up with it, to be mm-hmm. honest, because, you know, 90 minutes is 90 minutes. Yeah, wasting time, I get that little bit, but. But Leicester are wasting time. What's the difference between wasting time, taking the sting out of the game, Passing the ball, well, well, I mean, I, I, I don't get where they actually come from with this. We're adding time on for wasting time. How do you define wasting time? And when they say the ball's not in play, the ball's only in play for about 50 minutes in the Premier League. What? You're telling me 40 minutes that ball is not on the pitch. I, I'm not I'm not buying that. I'm well, even it's always been like that. So where are they getting all this added time from? Absolutely. But but how do you define when the ball's off the pitch? You know, I'm listening to a debate today and someone was saying, well, just because you're a bad team and you're trying to pass the ball and it keeps going out of play, well, you're going to add time on every time a bad player kicks the ball out of play. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's ridiculous to the extreme. And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.